the concept of living in peace, not just with one another, but living in peace with God, and thereby enjoying the peace that passes all understanding. I want to begin by talking about the person of peace. Of course, in our lesson text, Paul speaks of the Lord of peace. The Bible describes the Lord as a God of peace. In Isaiah chapter 9 at verse 6, Isaiah the prophet foretold of the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And he said, He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And then he said, The Prince of Peace. Jesus came to bring peace to the human family. And so we talk about the Lord being described as the God of peace, but I would suggest also that the Bible speaks of the Lord as the God who delivered peace. Talk is cheap. And there are a lot of folks that will boast about being able to do certain things. They will promise that they can fulfill certain things for you, but they never deliver. When you read the Bible, you find out that what was said of God, that He is the Prince of Peace. You have to understand, He delivered on what He said. The Bible tells us that peace was announced at the birth of Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, you recall that heavenly host that praised Almighty God at the birth of Jesus. And the Bible says, peace on earth, goodwill toward man. The Prince of Peace came to bring peace to the human family. Now, you might ask the question, did he indeed deliver as promised? The answer is yes. I want to call attention to the availability of peace. And the availability of peace is in his body. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2 for a minute. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12, Paul speaks of those who are outside a covenant relationship with the Lord. And he said that they have no hope and they are without God in the world. In verse 13 he said, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been made near by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Christ. He said, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of division between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. Three times Paul speaks of the Lord Jesus bringing peace to the human family. What you have to understand is that peace is available in his body. The Bible says that Jesus reconciled both Jew and Gentile in one body unto God through the cross. 
The result is that we can enjoy peace with God. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Paul said, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The idea is that those of us who come to Jesus, believing that He is who He claimed to be, the Son of God, repenting of every sin as Peter commanded on Pentecost Day in Acts 2.38, confessing His name before others, and then being immersed in a watery grave of baptism, we thereby contact the blood of Christ, forgiven of every sin, and the assurance is we're now at peace. And once we enjoy peace in the body, we can enjoy that peace that passes all understanding. There's a second thing I want to call attention to, and that is the place of peace. Obviously, the place of peace is in Christ. Those who enjoy the peace that passes all understanding are in Christ. They have a covenant, they are in, they are in a covenant relationship with Almighty God. A couple of things I want to share with you along these lines. First of all, I want to suggest that without God in your life, there is no peace. Some have said, no God, no peace in life. The word no spelled N-O. No God, no peace in life. Why is that? Why is it that somebody who is outside a relationship with God would not enjoy peace? Let me just cite for you a couple of things. First, I think one of the real problems is there is a sense of emptiness. Life is meaningless. In other words, there's just something missing. The greatest illustration that I can think of from the Bible is the book of Ecclesiastes. Because when you begin to look at Solomon as he narrates his life, and he talks about all the things that he enjoyed in this life. And by the way, Solomon was on a quest to experience life at its fullest. There's no doubt in my mind. Solomon enjoyed a lot of, a lot of things this world has to offer. In chapter 1, he talks about how he had been made the king over Israel. When we talk about functioning in that capacity, no doubt inherent in that position is great power. You think about a guy that had tremendous power and he welded that power to a great extent during his lifetime. And then he talked about how he had become great. He was so well known, his fame. The Queen of Sheba, when she came and examined Solomon. She said the, the half hasn't, hasn't been told. So here's a guy that he's got power. He's very prominent. Everybody knows about him. And then add to that all the material possessions that you could ever think about. There are some people in our world today it's never a question about how much does it cost? 
Because cost is not a factor. If they want the finest automobile, it's not a problem. If they want to live in a home that costs millions of dollars, it's not a problem. If they want to wear the finest clothes, again, it's not a problem. Money is not a problem in their life. You can read Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and you can examine all the great things that Solomon had accumulated in his life. Unbelievable. But there was still something missing. And then he said, whatever his eyes beheld that he wanted, he said, I didn't keep from them. I think about people that have the ability to go out, they see something they want, they just get it. Again, the sky's the limit. When you've got that kind of power and you've got an unlimited bank account, nothing is off limits. You want to buy land, you want to buy farms, houses, whatever. It's all yours. So Solomon here, he's on this quest. And over and over again, he talks about how how life is full of vanity. It's full of emptiness. It's meaningless. He would use the expression, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. In other words, I keep getting all these things. I have all these things to enjoy. But just something missing. And then I think about the encumbrances of life. In Hebrews chapter 12, the writer talks about laying aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Life is filled with an array of encumbrances. I understand the magnitude of sin, and what comes with sin is called guilt. And there are a lot of folks in life, they're not at peace because they are guilt-ridden. They're bearing this tremendous burden, and day after day after day, they think about what they've done and where they've been, mistakes they've made, problems that they've encountered because of things that they have instigated. It is a terrible burden. And there are a lot of people that can't sleep at night and they self-medicate because they can't sleep and because they don't have peace. That's why some people live in a drunken stupor. It's why some folks are addicted to certain types of drugs. I understand alcohol is a drug, but I'm talking about chemical substances or prescription pills because they don't have peace. And then add to that the worries and the weight of life itself. We talk about all the anxieties and cares and worries of this life. Let me tell you what, the worries and anxieties of life are enough to rob you of any kind of peace in this life. If you don't think Jesus understood the problem of anxiety and worry in this life, then I would encourage you to go to Matthew chapter 6 and see where Jesus said on three different occasions, do not worry. And then he asked the question, why do you worry? Because it robs you of peace. And it will rob you of peace. So, a life without God is a life without peace. So, no God, no peace in life. 
The flip side is no God and no peace in life. Now, I would spell that K-N-O-W. That is, those who have a knowledge of God and those who have an intimate relationship with God, the promise is it's peace, isn't it? I mentioned a moment ago the Hebrew writer talking about laying aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. The problem of sin is remedied in Jesus Christ, isn't it? You remember in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, Paul talked about those who are without hope and without God in this world. In verse 13 he said, But now in Christ Jesus, you that once were far off are brought near, made near by the blood of Jesus. When we obey the gospel, we enjoy the power of forgiveness, don't we? So we talk about when God is in our lives, we have first and foremost the forgiveness of sin. To think that you can go to bed at night and know that every sin has been washed away. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, that is, those who are born down by the weight of sin. And you know what he said? I will give you rest. There is not a pill bottle in this world that can remedy the rest that Jesus promises through forgiveness. There's not a bottle of alcohol in this world that can rival that kind of peace. It comes by obeying the gospel and enjoying, enjoying freedom from sin. Do you remember in Romans chapter, or rather in John chapter 8, in verse 34, when Jesus talked about those who commit sin, he said they are the bondservant, they are the slaves of sin. Imagine living a life enslaved to sin. That's the concept. And yet in Christ, we're free. That burden is gone. And then there's a second thing. When we have God in our lives, we have fulfillment. Again, I go back and look at the book of Ecclesiastes. Over and over again, Solomon is talking about his experiences in life. And over and over again, he's saying that all these things that he tried left him with an empty feeling. So you get down to chapter 12. And Solomon is now computing what he has examined. And he's going to start drawing some conclusions. And so he says, hear the conclusion of the whole matter. In other words, I've gone to the lab, I've run some tests, and now here's my conclusion. You know what the conclusion is? Fear God, keep His commandments. He said, for this is man's all. What he's saying is, if you want meaning, if you want fulfillment in life, it's in God. That's where you enjoy the peace that passes all understanding. And then there's a third thing I want to cite for you very quickly. That is, you've got a future. The world that we live in does not offer you the future that Jesus offers. The Bible tells us that we live in hope of life eternal, which God, who cannot lie, promised before the world began. You talk about, you talk about some benefits. 
to living the Christian life? I mean, you think about, think about Solomon for a minute. This guy's got, he's got power, he's got fame, he's got wealth, he's got everything that one could possibly hope for this side of eternity. But without God, didn't have a future, did he? You could have everything this world has to offer, but if you don't have God, you don't have a future. You don't have any future outside this life. So what you have, you better make the, the most of it. Jesus asked the question, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There's a third thing I want you to see in our study. And that is the presence of peace in life. Let me just begin by talking about the passport to peace. There are really two things that come to mind here. If you want to enjoy true abiding peace in your life, and I think all of us do, the first thing that we have, the first thing that we have to do we have to learn to trust in the Lord. Trust Him. Now, we obey the gospel. The Bible tells us we have the peace that passes all understanding. It's up to us to live in trust. Let me just cite for you a passage of Scripture. I want to call attention to the book of Isaiah. I want you to read with me Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. If you have a pen, you might want to underline this passage. I think it's a great passage. And it underscores the peace that we can have if we trust God. Listen to what he says. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yahweh the Lord is everlasting strength. Now just think about that for a minute. The assurance is God will keep you in perfect peace. If what? If your mind is focused on him. And why? Because you trust in him. Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct your paths. So first you've got to learn to trust in the Lord. And then there's a second thing. This passport to peace. We want peace in our lives. We're children of God. Here's what we've got to do. We've got to learn to turn things over to the Lord. Sometimes what we want to do is hold on to things. And we want to share, we want to carry a share of the load or bear the burden ourselves. What we have to do is learn to turn it over to God. Paul said, In nothing be anxious, but in everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
Learning to turn things over to God, to let Him have it. One of my favorite verses, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. We quote it often, and I think there's a reason for it, because it is true. And sometimes we have to continue to emphasize and reemphasize the great truths of the Bible. Peter said, casting all your care on Him. That means you give Him everything. Whatever burden, whatever care, whatever anxiety, whatever worry you have in life, Peter says, you give it to the Lord. And you know why you do that? Because he said he cares for you. If the Lord didn't care for you, he wouldn't tell you to give him your load, to give him your burdens, to give him your cares. But he does care. So what he wants from you, he wants you to have enough trust in him to turn it over to him. And hopefully and prayerfully, we have that kind of trust. And then finally, link to this, the provisions of peace. The beauty of enjoying the peace that passes all understanding is, without a shadow of a doubt, we can enjoy the Lord's presence daily in our lives. In Romans chapter 15, verse 33, Paul said, The God of peace be with you always. You just think about that for a minute. Wherever you go in this world, the God of peace is with you. There's not a place you can go on planet earth to escape the presence of Almighty God. And to know that God Himself will be with us. The Hebrew writer said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. What shall man do unto me? So we close today by asking really a simple yet profound question. Do you have the peace that passes all understanding? Do you have that genuine peace that the Bible talks about? If you don't, what I want you to know is you can leave here today in peace. And I want you to know that God in heaven, he wants, you to, he wants you to live in peace. He wants you to experience the peace that passes all understanding. How do you have that? Obey the gospel. Well, what do you need to do? Do what they did on Pentecost Day. Repent, be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the promise is the forgiveness of sins. And then be faithful. Are you going to have some trials and tribulations, highs and lows in life? Yes, because that's a part of life. But I can assure you this, every step of the way, the Lord will be with you. Every step, every burden, every heartache, every tear, you can turn it over to God. And He cares about you. Christianity sells itself. It is the greatest blessing known to man. A lot of folks in our world today robbed of peace because they don't know the Lord. You have the opportunity today to begin a life of peace. If you're here and you're not faithful to his cause, could we pray with you and for you? God will abundantly pardon as we stand and sing.